Psalm 90, verses 1 to 6 and 13 to 17. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, forever you have formed the earth and the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn us back to dust and say, turn back, you mortals. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, or like a watch in the night. You sweep them away. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. Turn, O Lord, how long? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love so that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad as many days as you have afflicted us and as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be manifest to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and prosper for us the work of our hands. O oh, prosper the work of our hands. Amen. And the gospel reading today is from Matthew 22, verses 36 to 46. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. And he said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put my, your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can then he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day no one dared to ask him any more questions. Thanks be to God for these words. Amen. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts and minds be ever acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That's the only thing that there's just too little of. I quote there, of course, from the Gospel according to Bert Bacharach. Um, but I suspect that Jesus would be offering a similar sentiment in our reading for today. The centrality, the greatest commandment, or the greatest commandments, uh, might be a bit more appropriate, that Jesus offers in our reading today. Love. Love for God and love for neighbour as ourselves. 
The trouble is that we get bombarded in all kinds of marketing and advertising with the idea of love, that at times maybe it's hard for us to work out what that really means. Hearts and chocolate boxes, Valentine's Day, all of the period dramas of Pride and Prejudice, of bowing and scraping and heaving bosoms and tear-jerking letters, that at times the idea of love becomes something that we're not quite sure how on earth it applies to our Christian faith. What is this love that Jesus is talking about? And what is this love that Christ commands us to do? We have in our reading today, yet again, a group of people in the temple in the last week of Christ's life, trying to trap Jesus in front of the crowd. And this time, the third attempt, maybe is their least successful yet. What is the greatest commandment? Well, the rabbinic school had been discussing this for some considerable time beforehand, and even a hundred years before Jesus walked to the earth, Rabbi Hillel had made it quite clear that it was the Deuteronomy, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and had linked that with love your neighbour as yourself from Leviticus. So Jesus was merely reiterating that which had been around for at least a century beforehand. He maybe makes it a bit more explicit, but nonetheless, it wasn't a very effective trap, and yet that is the sentiment of the intention of the people in their conversation with Jesus. In Greek, there are four separate words for love. Epithemia, which is a desire, Eros, which is the response to and the search for value. Philia, from where we get the idea of, of friendship. And for us as Christians, that agape, which really I think could be translated as either self-sacrificial love, but maybe it's the depth of love itself. And typically in the Gospels, it's the, the, the definition that gets used here is, is that agape definition. When we're trying to talk about the love, the, the depth of God's love, and the depth of how we should love our neighbour as well as ourselves. But the problem is that that would only offer one facet of the nature of love. And I think that Jesus is probably suggesting that love needs to be more rounded than just a kind of self-sacrificial element. That although agape is central, and it is the nature of, to an extent of how God loves us as human beings, there is also the fact that God can love us in that eros definition as well, of seeing in us an intrinsic value and worth and a desire, therefore, to respond to that. And also that God maybe asks us to love in that eros manner as well, of seeing something of intrinsic value and purpose in God and seeking that out and valuing and responding to that. Likewise, with him such as what a friend we have in Jesus, maybe we can also see something that God aspires to a friendship with us and 
wants us to want to be in friendship with God as well. A wholehearted, all-embracing love, therefore, I think is that which Jesus is offering us today, the full definition. An unselfish, a spontaneous, an overflowing, a familiar, a gentle love. Love for God, love for neighbour as ourselves. Why is it, though, that this idea of love that Jesus offers to us, and it's not just the, the love of God and the love of neighbour as ourselves, but why is it that each time Jesus offers a commandment, and he doesn't offer that many commands, generally his teaching is in parables, it's illustrated through his, his, his whole ministry and his whole life. There are comparatively few orders and insistences from Christ. But each time he does command, it is regarding love. Not just here with our greatest commandments, but also he commands us to love the stranger, to love the enemy, and in a few chapters later in Matthew's Gospel, in the parable of the sheep and the goats, we see a clear commandment to love the downtrodden and to see in those who are afflicted something of God. But with all of these things, we are commanded to love. Why is it that these are commandments, though? Surely, love should be just a natural thing, an easy thing. Why is it that they are commandments? I think because actually Jesus realises that firstly love is the central aspect, and St Paul certainly carries on that idea in 1 Corinthians 13, in that famous passage that is so beloved of weddings. But I think also because Jesus realises that to love requires a huge amount of courage. It involves laying yourself open and being vulnerable. So in romantic love where you offer everything of who you are to that other person, knowing full well that they could reject you and the potential hurt that there might be there. Likewise, in offering love to somebody for just to lose them and the pain that that happened that ensues in grief. To love requires courage. It requires making yourself vulnerable. Maybe that is one of the reasons why these are commandments, because Jesus knows how tough it can be to love. But I think also that Jesus recognises that Let's be honest, there are people in the world that are really difficult to love. There are people who are downright irritating, people who are completely scary, people who are our enemies, people who are strangers to us, who we might be a little bit scared and wary of. And then there are those who are downright infuriating. Love your neighbour as yourselves. Well, for those who find their next-door neighbours profoundly irritating, maybe that's something to wrestle with. 
even in churches, places where you would hope that there would be a great strong sense of community and peace, people can drive one another up the wall very, very easily. So maybe some of it is a command because it's a test for each of us. Are you able to respond in love to that person who you really don't like very much at all? Or that person who you are scared of? Or that person who has repeatedly hurt you? That person who you find it difficult to trust? Love your neighbour as yourself, therefore, can become an incredibly difficult thing for us to do. But we are commanded. This isn't an option. This isn't negotiable in any way, shape or form. But in addition, we are commanded to love God. And maybe that seems strange as well. Surely loving God should be the most natural and easy thing going. The God who created the heavens and the earth, the, the beautiful mountains, the flowing rivers, the God who we know loves us. But nonetheless, let's all be honest, there are times where we will all struggle, those dark nights of the soul, those periods of spiritual struggle, those times where it is hard to find peace within, those times of grief and pain and hurt, those times of doubt, those moments where we actually want to say to God, God, what on earth are you playing at? How could you allow this to happen? And I think we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Christ himself cries out to God, and again on the cross, why have you forsaken me, that that could almost be a cry of anger, of loss and hurt. But throughout, there's no doubt of Christ's love still for God, even in and amongst all of that anger and hurt. There are times where it is difficult to love God, but we are commanded nonetheless to keep on, to keep working on that relationship, to allow God to speak back to us in those times of hurt and pain. Through the cross, God's love for us becomes clear. It is a permanent demonstration of God's love, even in and amongst the most painful and difficult moments. God continues to love, even at the moment where we are involved and complicit in the execution of his son, he's still offering love and expects us to keep loving during the toughest moments of our lives as well. For to love is to be what we were put on this earth to be. To love is the mark of humanity. God, through Christ, keeps on showing us how to love. And his love for us is demonstrated in his grace to us, even when we do not deserve it. 
St. Paul, in his passage in 1 Corinthians, echoes what Jesus is talking about today. The centrality of love for all people, but especially for all people of faith. If you want to claim that you are a follower of Christ, then you've got to love. No questions, no negotiations, no compromise. You are commanded to. Love is the central part of who we are supposed to be. Lovers of God, lovers of our neighbours, as ourselves. So I want you this week to think about those who you do find it difficult to love. It's one of the reasons why I offer that blessing on most weeks about loving those whom we ought to love. What are the barriers to that love? Bearing in mind you don't have to like the person, but are you able to still love them? Are there those whom you are prejudiced against? And do you need to work on that? Do you need to overcome those prejudices so that you truly can claim that you are obedient to Christ's commands? Are there those whom you are struggling with? Those who are driving you up the wall? Those who are making you completely crazy? Those who really know how to push every single button that you have? Are you able to take that step back to realise you don't have to like them, but you are commanded to love them? You are commanded to see something of them as a child of God? Have you the courage and the strength to do that this week? And also, are there those things in your life where you are hurting and angry and upset and confused with God? Well, maybe even in amongst all of that, God can work with you and through you. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Christ commands us to love God, to love our neighbour as ourselves, to love the stranger, to love the downtrodden, and to love our enemy. If you're able to do all of that, then you've kind of got the Christian faith. It isn't rocket science. It is something even small children can understand. But obedience to those commandments is extraordinarily hard work. So my prayer for us this week is that God's Spirit will give us the strength to be obedient and to love both God and all of our neighbours as ourselves. Amen.